everyone, and welcome back to Back to the Past, the Alternate History Podcast. This is your host, Rohan, and my other co-host, Nick. And today, we're going to talk about what if the Chinese colonized the American and the North American continent. So now, before you say, well, how is this possible? During the Chinese Age of Exploration, around the late 50, around the 15th century, there was this great admiral named Zhang He. And Zhang He, he was kind of all over the Indian Ocean, trading and exploring and kind of just asserting China's maritime dominance in there. And that's actually a reason why Europe couldn't really get involved in the Indian Ocean for a while. That's actually why one of the reasons why Christopher Columbus wanted to go west, because well the over the overseas routes were controlled by the Chinese ships and European ships couldn't get really get through as much and have colonies and such. So that's why he went west. So Zhang He he would go around all these different villages and towns all across Asia Across the Indian Ocean, they trade. They trade goods and stuff. There's even a story about how he made it to the good, uh, Cape of Good Hope, in fact, and traded the natives there. So there is no exactly fundamental, like hard distance he went, but there's a lot of stories saying that he went far. And some people even say he even made it to the Americas themselves. I mean, I don't really know about that because the Americas are far from China compared to the Cape of Good compared to the Cape of Good Hope. But Zhang He has and had explored a lot. And now the reason why this kind of ended is because after he essentially phased out, you know, of old age, the new Chinese dynasty became a very isolationist dynasty, and it kind of cut itself off from all trade and stuff. And I feel like this isolation phase is kind of what set European dominance in Asia with the colonies in Africa and India, and even influence in China during the 18th, I mean, yeah, during the 19th and 20th century. But now, what if this next dynasty didn't go isolationist? What if instead, China continued this exploration spirit and made it to the Americas? Well, that's what we're going to talk about here today on this episode, Season 3, Episode 9. Alright, so first to start off, before I get into my point of view, I just want to add on a bit to your uh, background. Actually, there's, you can see like in that, in a genealogy, for example, there's actually a, foot, a Chinese footprint, and I don't know exactly where, but some part in East Africa because of Zheng He, actually. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name. I don't speak Chinese. But now to get on to my point. So I think first we'd have to change the dynasty in charge and more of the, or more so the point of view that the Ming dynasty has. So I think in this scenario, if so in the actual history the, the emperor during the time period of Zheng He more into exploration than basically any other Ming emperor to that point and as you saw afterwards it was kind of an odd point in in the Ming dynasty but I think if we had more emperors simply more like men like him I think that we would see further Chinese exploration oh yeah definitely and now with this emperor in place Let's say, for example, a great admiral, again, like Zhang He, I don't think it's going to be the same exact one, because he died around 1431, but it would be a different one, but someone that was like-minded, someone that had the great spirit, essentially. And China started going across the Pacific, going across the different Polynesian islands all across the Pacific, maybe even making it to Hawaii and having a trading post there. But see, this is where we run into an issue, because China doesn't have really a need to colonize, because... China has all the gold, all the resources they need in their homeland. They don't really need have a need to send thousands to have a colony thousands of miles away. And in general, China throughout this time of history 
as we saw with uh, Zhang Qi, he never set up colonies. All he did was trade with the local people. So how would this be if, like, let's say, for example, China started setting up trading posts on the Pacific coast of North America, but not really colonies, just small trading posts and fur posts just to bring some commodities back home to China. Now, I think if we would take that approach, which I think is definitely the better approach, we'd have to see it as more of a Portuguese empire in this scenario. A Portuguese or a Dutch empire, I'd say. Because the Portuguese was, was mainly for train, was mainly a trading post empire. As if you look through a map of Portuguese colonies, quote-unquote, with the exception of Brazil and then later Mozambique and Angola, you, you, have, you see a, a, just a ton of trading posts, little dots across the entirety of the world. And if I think that's probably the best scenario to take. Now, where do you think they would set up these ports, for example? Like, I think one for sure would have to be if they were to discover, like, modern-day San Francisco. I think that'd be probably one of the best places to put a port, as you may see from San Francisco. Yeah, I was thinking San Francisco, exactly, because San Francisco is one of the bigger ports. But in our today, Long Beach around Los Angeles is also one of the biggest ports in the Pacific Coast. I, I could see that. And another thing that I could see something in Hawaii, if they discover Hawaii, some sort of Pacific central control for these trading posts, essentially, where like they would all be routed through to Hawaii before they head back to China, because Hawaii is kind of in the middle between China and mainland United States. So I think Hawaii would be of strategic importance to China, and I think China would want to grab it and have trading posts, especially if they start investing a lot of money into trading posts in the Pacific, they might want to have a more tighter control per se on hawaii but i think definitely san francisco and los angeles area probably one of the two bigger ports because in our timeline they are one of the two bigger ports that receive the most amount of cargo from china to our today so nick how would you think this trading post and this kind of trading system in the pacific would impact chinese ports such as shanghai hong kong macau so as a result of uh China's expansionism into the new world, specifically like trading ports and like you mentioned, Long Beach, and as I, as I mentioned as well, San Francisco, being two of the examples, along with Hawaii, I think China overall would become extremely prosperous during this time. And I don't mean that like to, to be over-centivized. I think that China would actually become a much more wealthier in our timeline. And I think we would see a, almost like a renaissance of sorts and not like, not like a, a renaissance of art in culture, I'm re referencing a more of a renaissance of like a golden age of China almost, I think. And I believe, and I believe, for example, when you look at modern day China, for example, I think there are their point of view towards like the last century as well, referring to the 20th century specifically in the CCP's point of view. Of it, if China, if China was more outwards during this time period, that they could have relatively been a, the the greatest power on earth. I think China would probably become the greatest. Well, they were already the greatest economic power at the time period, but I think they would become even greater, basically reaching height, heights never reached before. But now I want to talk about something else, and I think this is very important if we're going to have China colonizing America, and that's foreign relations with Europe. How do you think that would work out, especially with uh, coming into like into uh, conflicts of interest with Spain, for an example. Yeah, Nick, it's a good thing you mentioned of Spain, because Spain also had interest in the Pacific compared to, let's say, the British and the English. Because the Chinese are only going to colonize the Pacific, I don't really see them spending and traversing the North American continent to get to the Atlantic. So as for Spain and China, 
I don't. I think China would end up winning in the end because China is going to be prosperous. They've gotten here first. They have that time advantage to build the infrastructure and the resources, industries, cultivate them properly and kind of trade. In addition, China is going to be on good relations with their natives because China has, when they go through all these different places, they trade with the natives, they give them gifts, they don't really harm them like the Spanish or the Europeans would have done per se, where like, or they pushed them out of their lands. So the natives, I think, are going to side with the Chinese too. And I could see the Chinese trading technologies with the natives too, which should really change colonization in general in this area. Because these natives, the Native Americans, once they get access to weapons like Chinese rudimentary firearms, for example. China is still going to be trading with Europe, I feel like, in this timeline. So they're going to have access to firearms because they didn't cut themselves off. So when the Native Americans now get access to Chinese technology, which is going to be on a similar level as European during this timeline, I think that European colonial interests in general are going to be threatened. So a quick question for you, actually, before I go on with my point of, when do you think the Chinese would reach the uh, Pacific? I think around by the end of the 15th century, so... So roughly at the same 1500s, time, hundreds, fourteen nineties. Okay, so relatively yeah, at the same I time think, as Christopher Columbus. Yeah, relatively the same time, but I feel like China is going to start spending more because Europe really didn't spend until like I guess a little later, especially the northern more. Spain did start, but like it wasn't the same level as I feel like China would, because again, China's trading, so they're going to give tech and stuff to the natives compared to Spain, who's just going to push them out. You see, I think it's a very good point. And I think besides uh, changing the, Chin the Chinese uh, in this scenario, I think there's also the Spanish as well. Because we have to remember that Spain, Spain was also pretty active in the Pacific, specifically with the Philippines. As I, I think also in this, I think also besides that, I think we'd also see the Chinese colonizing the Philippines as well. And I mean like colonizing the Philippines. I don't mean like trading, setting up trading ports. I mean just flat out colonizing. So you would say that there's potential for wars with Spain? Um, I don't think there would be a war. I just think that the Chinese would more likely defend their settlements, but they won't attack because anyone when you said the Chinese colonized Philippines, I don't really think so because China has already visited the Philippines multiple times. I If they wanted to colonize it, they could colonize it. I think instead what China would do, they had to have a protective spear around that part of Asia so like nobody can like colonize there and stuff because it's their sphere of influence but i don't think china would directly colonize the philippines and even in north america china's not going to have proper colonies it's going to be just more trading posts and overall just interaction with the natives china really just doesn't colonize the same level as europeans do and i mean sure we don't really have a proper example of china in north america but china has gone through countless different nations and Asia, and they could have colonized them, but they said they just traded with them. Yeah, like I said, I don't think we're going to agree on the point of the Philippines. So I see like a different point of view with it, but I do, I do agree. I do see what you're saying with the Philippines specifically. Now, besides the foreign conflicts, how about the cultural impacts it will have on the United States and Asia in general with a more expansionist China? Like I'm talking about like the Pacific states of America. I think the Pacific states are definitely going to be kind of more like. Chinatown, for example, like New York City or major cities overall, it's going to be, I guess, more culturally Asian per se than Anglo-Saxon, European, it, like it is in our timeline, especially in the earlier years of the United States, if, if the United States forms. Like around the earlier years, it's going to be more Asian overall, I feel like, especially in the Pacific Coast. And the Pacific Coast is still going to be valuable. I mean, it's still going to have the oil, it's still going to have the Californian oil. 
it's still going to have the gold rush too if they discover it, which they, I, don't, I assume they will, but the West Coast is still going to be valuable. So I think that Asian heritage is just going to kind of stay there. And it's going to be like its own, like let's talk about food, for example. It's going to have its own distinctive Asian cuisine mixed with some desert flavors maybe. So it'll, be, it'll kind of be like, like how American originally was a different segment of British. It would be something like that, I feel like. Yeah, I think it's a very accurate uh, point to take here, as a matter of fact. I think I think I would actually agree with basically all you said. I would actually love the Tridac cuisine, as a matter of fact. But uh, I'm going on with, here with our final topic, I would say. I think one last thing to talk about is the formation of the United States out in the East. So how do you think China would 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 uh, combat this new United States as at this point the Ming Dynasty would have fallen and in the and in, in place of it would be the Qing Dynasty despite the Ming Dynasty becoming more explorationist would would not would still fall in this scenario to the King to the Manchurians out in Manchuria in around 1637-1644 I believe the year was to be correct and how do you think that China would handle that, or how do you think its trading ports would handle like the expansion of the United States, especially into the eighteenth century, uh, 19th century? Well, first of all, at our time, the Qing Dynasty was isolationist, so I don't think they'd really be allowed to rule if they were isolationist, because expansionism and these trading posts have bring so much wealth to China that I don't think the people will leave it. So the Qing, the Qing Dynasty would first of all be expansionist, which is different from our timeline, and second of all, I don't think China. See, China, they might go and defend their trading posts because it's so valuable. But at the same time, I feel like they might negotiate a deal with the U.S. and just rent out the ports. Because the thing is, I don't think China's going to expand much into, like, let's say California. They're going to really have only the poor area and, like, a few miles in, like, 10, 20. I don't think they're going to really take much of it because that's not their interest. So they could probably try, attempt negotiating a deal with the U.S. Like, you can take the rest of it and we'll rent out the poor or something like that. Or maybe the Chinese will rent out the poor or like get exclusive access to it. But I don't think there's really going to be a conflict because China doesn't really occupy land in per se compared to, again, European colonial powers. I do do not agree with you basically with uh, the, the Qing Empire being expansionist because I think that at some point during the time periods between the trading post and the, the rise of the Qing Dynasty, I do feel like that despite all of what's happening, I do feel like somehow the Ming Empire would still mess up, as I don't think it would correct what actually made the Ming Empire fall in our original timeline. And furthermore, besides that, and furthermore, besides that, I do like how, how and specifically your scenario, how you would how I would be more of a negotiated access to their ports. I tend to believe that China, at least throughout, throughout history as we've seen it so far, I tend to I, I tend to believe that they seem to be more of a, a stubborn power to uh other nations outside of uh outside of china china basically as for example here the reason why i would say they would be more reluctant to give a just give a treaty port to the united states and i mean like treaty port sorry not treaty port i should rephrase myself what i meant here is like giving them port access the reason why i say they wouldn't is mainly because i don't know if china would really respect the united states the reason why i believe this specifically is an example here fun fact that rome Rome was actually the first – ancient Rome specifically was actually the first recognized nation in the entirety of the history of China. And China at that point had been a civilization for around 2,000-plus years, and I believe it happened around the 3rd century. I'm not exactly sure what year, for example, but it was around the 3rd century. And I think that 
with China being a stubborn power, in my in my point of view throughout history, I don't think that China would be so reluctant to give the United States. I think the United States would have to threaten them in some way, which I don't know how that would turn out. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point, but what if would the United States even form? Because I remember I was saying how the natives would have these Chinese weapons, so maybe the Europeans spent more time securing their colonies, and England kept a tighter grip on its 13 colonies, so would the would the United States even form in the first place, or would major large-scale colonial nations exist, like the 13 colonies? I still do think so, because I don't think that, that China's weapons specifically would get into the hands of natives. And I mean, and I'm talking natives. I'm referring to on like the East Coast. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna list an example, like the Iroquois. I don't know if they would have, they would reach into their, get into their hands in general, mainly because that's a pretty long three thousand mile distance for, wep a weapon to travel, and, mo in modern days that could easily be covered. But I, I think in the time period of even seventeen, the seventeen hundreds, seventeen seventy six, for example, I don't think that could be relatively covered, by. A regular a regular human here so i don't i don't think that, i don't think it would be affected the natives would be affected too much at least on the east coast by those in the introduction of chinese firearms but i still think that the united states would still form yeah i mean it's true so let's maybe take it down to south bit because the aztecs obviously they're by mexico and they had they had rudimentary boats so maybe for example the aztecs and the mines you know some larger civilizations instead got access to these weapons how would you think would it impact Spanish settlements down south? For example, New Spain. So that actually brings up a very good point, actually. Uh, hmm. I don't know if that would really get to the point where the Aztecs actually uh, would have them around 20 years and mass-produced. However, it tends – it's very interesting, actually, as a matter of fact, you brought up that point because – the Aztecs actually in our time period were pretty revolutionary. They were very – they actually adapted extremely well to the European standards actually because you could see this in terms of the beginning of the invasion of of, of Mexico, which would be – which basically had their fight – their battles majority, majority of the time play out more towards a Spanish advantage mainly through open fields so the horses were able to run around. However, if you check out at the end of the – Basically, at the siege of Tecna, oh, I don't know how to say it correctly. So basically, the siege of modern-day Mexi Mexico City, in other words. The, the, the difference of Aztec's tactics were huge, mainly because the Aztecs preferred to fight in close quarters where the Spanish, with the, their firearms, would, have to, would be forced to fight with their swords. And horses would be relatively ineffective in a city, and firearms which were certainly not as advanced as even 1700s rifles would be ineffective. So... I think still the Aztecs would fall, but I think at the same time, though, that they would main somewhat relatively fare better on the battlefield, specifically in the European style of the battlefield. And I'm referring to them having gunpowder and being able to use firearms. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, and if you enjoy our podcast, leave a review, because it helps other people like you find it. And share it with your friends if you think they would enjoy it too, because that also helps. The word of mouth is pretty powerful. People underestimate it. But anyway, if you want to communicate with us and we enjoy talking to you guys, let us know on Twitter or Instagram. Talk to us, at Back in the Past P1. And other than that, I hope you have a great rest of your day.